Hello, this is Bobby Simpson with another episode of Yup, It's In There. And today we're going to cover another policy issue. And this particular policy issue is gentrification. And gentrification, uh, just so we have a working definition that we're all working from and that what I am in fact speaking of, that we all understand it from the same perspective. And so the uh, working definition that we're going to use for gentrification is uh, gentrification is a process of changing the uh, character of a neighborhood through the influx of more affluent residents and businesses. This is a common and controversial topic, both in politics and in urban planning. The practice of uh, raising taxes on property owners who can't afford to pay the taxes and thereby leaving the property and homeowner in debt for something that they've already paid for. And it puts them in a position where they ultimately have to relinquish their property to someone who can, in fact, afford to pay the taxes. And so you I know I can hear you now. Bobby, is gentrification in scripture? And my response is what it always is. Yup, it's in there. And so today I want us to take a look at scripture and we're starting in uh, first Kings and we're going to go to first Kings chapter 21 verses one through 29. And then uh, there's going to be another part to uh, that. And we'll also read that scripture and it will be second Kings chapter nine verses 30 through 37. And so we're going to get into uh, just where and how uh, gentrification was used in scripture. And it's a scripture that many people are familiar with, but they've been taught one way and they only see uh, the scripture in one perspective. And so, yup, it's in there. And what we do is we really crack open the scripture and take all of the handles off of how it is that we look at scripture. And we look very clearly and succinctly at what in fact God said and his response to gentrification. And so uh, let's get into it. So again, we're going to First uh, Kings uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 29. And it reads, and it came to pass, after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. 
And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would not eat any food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said to him, give me your vineyard for money or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, you now exercise authority over Israel? Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Nabal, the Jezreelite. And Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. She wrote in the letter, proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people and seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, you have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. So the men of the city, the elders and nobles who were inhabitants of the city did as Jezebel had sent them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them, they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him again, saying, Thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. So Ahab said to Elijah, have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. I will take away your posterity. I will cut off, I will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. 
I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nahat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him to do so. And he believed that he... He behaved very abominably. It was an abomination what he did in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. I have happened. And in uh, verse 26, I want us to be clear on exactly what it is that God was saying. Um, many of us, we hear about a lot of abominations, a lot of abominations for which has little to do truly with the heart of God and those things uh, that he was displeased with. But we can hear in this situation in how a charge was brought against a man so that they can take his property. God thought that that was an abomination. And when I think about the Ten Commandments and the law of Moses in the days in which they lived, there were so many of the commandments that were broken, even in this one act. So, uh, some of the Ten Commandments do not bring a false charge against your brother. They did that. Do not steal. They stole. Do not kill. They killed. Do not covet thy neighbor. And they coveted thy neighbor. And so even in all that they had done um, in uh, pursuing and going after something that didn't belong to them, something that they didn't work for, but felt like they deserved. And so here we can see the common practice of gentrification. They believe that because corporations believe that because they have the money then they can move you out because you don't have the money that they have. And so in modern day gentrification, what happens is they raise your taxes. The taxes on your property are raised uh, oftentimes above what they know that you are able to pay. And so they are, in fact, bringing a charge against you. And it is a proceeding that is processed in court. And so there is oftentimes an injunction placed on property owners and what they own when they have the inability to pay the taxes. And so when I gave the definition of what gentrification was early on, 
Um, and I gave the example of how affluent people come in to uh, so-called better the neighborhood. And that is with corporations and private uh, builders. The actions are the same. The intent is the same as what Jezebel and Ahab have done. And so oftentimes before taxes are raised or before they implement an eminent domain a piece of legislation, an eminent domain means that they can just come in and take it. And so before any of that happens, there is, in fact, a court case. And so homeowners are brought uh, before the nobles, you know, honorable judge, whoever, honorable magistrate. And then it is adjudicated in a uh, court system on whether or not they can keep their property or if they have to give it up to the so-called more affluent people. And so God said, says that the practice of that is abominable. And he gave a curse. He cursed Ahab. He cursed Ahab and his posterity. And he cursed Jezebel more specifically. And so now I want us to take a look at uh, the fulfillment of the uh, word that was delivered by Elijah, the Tishbite, to um, Ahab, where he promised what would happen to uh, Jezebel. And that can be found in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. And so we're going to go ahead and read uh, 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. And it reads, Then Jehu went to Jezreel, where Jezebel heard about it. She put on eye makeup, arranged her hair, and looked out of a window. As Jehu entered the gate, she asked, Have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master? He looked up at the window and called out, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. Throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down and some of her blood spattered the uh, wall and the horses as they trampled her underfoot. Jehu went in and ate and drank. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except her skull her feet, and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, who said, this is the word of the Lord that he spoke through his servant, Elijah the Tishbite. On the plot of ground of Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like dung on the ground in the plot at Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say this is Jezebel. And so I wanted to give an example because so many times we look at scripture not understanding that God has truly made provision for us and everything that we need is in the word of God. But I believe that it has been a trick of the enemy, um, you know, to go to a seminary 
and then have the seminary basically teach you to depend on their system of learning rather than reading the word of God as it is and allowing God to speak to you. And so um, I do want to give another scripture uh, for reference. And this uh, particular scripture can be found in Job 20 verses 18 through 22. And what it says here is what he uh, foiled for his. What he toiled for, he must give back. Uneaten. He will not enjoy the profit from his trading, for he has oppressed the poor and left them destitute. He has seized houses he did not build. Surely he will have no respite from his craving. He cannot save himself by his treasure. Nothing is left for him to devour. And so there again um, is a reference to um, basically uh, taking uh, what did not belong to um, the poor. And when you find affluent companies, um, affluent people who move in and to move other people out because they want it, they are in fact operating under the same um, system and under the same thing that Jezebel and Ahab did, and there is no difference. And so uh, as we can see in scripture, um, that um, gentrification is in fact in scripture, and we also see God's response uh, to that particular behavior. And so uh, where we stand uh, as a people today, uh, we have a lot to do uh, as it relates to what we have allowed heretofore. And so it is my honor uh, to be here with y'all. It's in there making sure that we make you clear and very clear on what God has to say on particular policy issues for this season and in, in these episodes uh, as it relates to policy. And so you ask, is gentrification in scripture? And my response is what it always is. Yup, it's in there. See you next time.